Hi, everybody. My name is Lisa Green. I'm the Interfaith Fellow working in Chaplain Alex Hendrickson's office, and I am so pleased to present this episode of Colton Corner, Lafayette's Interfaith Podcast. We are here with VP of Student Life, Sarah Motion Ross. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, I'm so delighted to have been here. Really, thank you for having me here. I'm in your office right now. Oh, I love having students in my <laughs> office, and I'm really excited to spend this time with you today. Amazing. Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah, for anybody who doesn't know, um, Sarah, could you just give us a little bit of background on who you are, your role, and then we can dive right in. Yeah, that sounds great. Awesome. So, um, as you said, I'm Sarah Motion Ross. I use she, her pronouns. Um, I've been here since September 1, officially, and prior to that, I was the Vice President uh, for Student Affairs at Grinnell College in Central Iowa, and I have been at private liberal arts colleges for my entire career. So um, I've loved it here so far. The students are amazing. This community is fantastic. I feel really lucky to be here. And I also feel, as we're talking about the spiritual, religious aspect of life, I felt called here. And I felt um, like I had a purpose for being here. And that feels really good to feel like I landed in the place I'm supposed to be in. Oh, that's so beautiful. I can't wait to hear about what that call felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, and for anybody who doesn't know, what would you say your faith tradition is? Um, I would say it's evolving. Mm-hmm. So I, I was raised um, in the United Methodist Church. I grew up in a really small town of a thousand people in wow. rural Iowa. And my parents are very um, faithful Methodists. Mm-hmm. And I... I liked church. It was a place I could be social, mm-hmm. um, which is one of the things I love being. Yeah. I could see my friends, right? And uh, it was it was a community where I felt safe and like I belonged and that I could trust the grown-ups around me who became sort of like extended family members in many oh. ways. And even as I've <clears throat> grown up and out of that church and out of that community... I still um, really value the sense of community and allegiance I still feel with that group of people. And so that's been a nice kind of stabilizing aspect of my life that I can always go back to. And it's, um, it's a nice little community. And I think for me, I associate community and faith practice um, closely. So I feel I feel that with my hometown church. Then I think um, <clears throat> as I became an adult and got married, we we kind of tried different churches wherever we went and experienced some frustration, I guess, and some issues around um, some aspects of organized religion that yeah, were coming sure. through in that period of time. Mm-hmm. And so our children in Sunday school were hearing things that we, um, that scared them. Oh, right. No. And, and, um, we're not, um, we're not aligned with the sort of, um, inclusion and justice focused, um, paradigm that we had as a family. Right. So, yeah. I would say we we started to kind of drift away from the church at that time, um, but like I said, I still feel I still feel connected in many ways, and so um, we've become sort of that family that shows up a few times a year and it fills my bucket. But um, we haven't been very good about 
sort of finding a place where we feel mm-hmm. like um, our kids can have an appreciation for faith practice and, and connect to a spiritual realm and not be um, getting messages about who belongs in the church and who doesn't oh, belong in the church yikes. and yeah. fear-based, um, <clears throat> fear-based messaging. Um, we, we did have a church in Grinnell that we went to semi-regularly that was um, really inclusive and that was lovely. And then... Uh, yeah, since we've been here, we really haven't found a place. And I wouldn't say that my husband and I are allied with sort of any organized religion per se. I think he's leaning more towards agnostic atheist anymore. And and I would say in the last year, I have found my way back to a powerful spiritual practice that mm-hmm. I've that I didn't experience in any of my organized religion oh, wow. um, experiences. So that's been super powerful and, <clears throat> and transformational for me. I love that. I can't wait to hear about how that's evolved and yeah. where where that came from, what influenced it. I'm curious, is your husband also, was he raised in, um, in being in the Methodist church? He was, he was raised in Indianapolis and... I should know this. <laughs> they they were raised in a Christian church, but I can't remember what it was affiliated with. Gosh, yeah. So you guys at one point were more similarly aligned, and then yeah, over it's time. been actually quite a gift that we have evolved together in the same way. Yeah, I love that. And um, I would say we were both. We both identified with a, a sort of a religious, organized religious practice when we got married. And as we've aged, and as I think the sociopolitical um, landscape has changed, we've, we've evolved. And it just happens to be that we've evolved in very similar ways. Yeah. Now great. I feel like I'm much more connected spiritually than he is. But yeah. at this point, we're, um, we're so respectful of each other's. Um, lives and choices that we, you know, we really can be supportive of what each other believes in. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. Um, I'm curious then, though, to talk talk about the evolution. I'd love to start when you felt that support, right? Um, what do you think when you think of your childhood in the church with your family? What comes to mind for you? Um, I think about my mom always singing in the choir, <clears throat> which often embarrassed me because I was at that age right, yeah. where I was like, I could hear her voice. I'm like, Can everybody else just only hear her voice? Because I can, and that's embarrassing, right? Um, I love it. I think about Sunday school. I think about singing really fun songs, that there was a bunch of kids, and um, I think about you know, just being together as a family, getting up and getting kind of dressed up to go to church. And then when we'd come home and we would have kind of a bigger family meal after church. And then that was like Mm -hmm. the routine, the Sunday routine. Yeah. Um, So those are some of my earlier memories of being in the church and just feeling like, um, all the children, right. When I was a kid, we were all embraced by 
everyone who was there. And it was a time when there were a lot of kids my age and my siblings' age in the church. And, you know, it's sort of dwindled now. And But it was a time when there were a lot of us, and so that was fun. Yeah, oh, it's the best. Mm-hmm. How many siblings do you have? I have two. I have an older brother and a younger sister. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. So are you guys um, very close in age? Uh, my brother is, <clears throat> let's see, two and a half years older oh, wow. than me, yeah. and my sister's two and a half years younger. Oh, that's really nice. I think that's about right. Yeah, my siblings are a lot older, um, so I always ask because I'm, I'm like, those are those are such different dynamics. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So that sounds that sounds really fun. You know, your mom's singing in the choir <laughs> yeah. and you're going. Um, were there were there things that you remember thinking like things you remember making you feel really spiritually connected in those moments? Mm. Maybe like a, a holiday question. or a story or a particular song. Yes, I think the music is powerful. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I think the music is powerful, um, and holidays. Yes, I still feel like I can't. I, it doesn't feel like Christmas to me until I've been to Christmas Eve church. Oh, really? Right. I just have to. And for me, that is very much tied to, um, you know, growing up, my grandparents lived only a half an hour away and we would go oh. to their church for Christmas Eve service oh. and they had a candlelight service and my grandpa would just whisper funny things to me throughout the service <laughs> and we would get to giggling and it just, it felt like it was finally Christmas when we were together as a family and going to the Christmas Eve service. So I still feel like I still have to do that for me to feel uh, like connected and have the feel like the deep feelings about Christmas. Wow. Yeah. Gosh, that's gotta be so special. It is. Um, Yeah. It sounds like your grandpa, you guys were really close. Yeah. My grandparents, it was very close to them and um, yeah and I feel very connected to them when I go to that service oh, yeah so it's usually best. kind of emotional yeah I probably of course. my kids but <laughs> <laughs> no it's always an emotional thing for mm-hmm. me and, and I do it every week you know <laughs> I, yeah I well it's not true if I go to my synagogue at home I'm a wreck mm-hmm. um yeah wow that's really cool yeah and then what was it like as you were growing up maybe your teenage years um what were big life and spirituality connecting moments there yeah I mean I was confirmed in the church and that was a whole you know educational experience I started teaching Sunday school oh. in my church and that kind of thing and so again I feel like it was that community connection that I felt. Right. Um, yeah, and then I think when I went to college, I explored some sort of religious clubs on campus and things, and they were so um, extreme that yeah. I felt like, oh, I don't, this isn't for me. Like um, aggressive. Aggressive and... Um, really sort of conservative and rigid right um, and for me right I just have always had a justice orientation and I'm like if not if not everyone's welcome then I'm not coming right um and so I, I really started to feel dissonance yeah. around my faith practice or religion I think around that time um and then when I after college I moved to Des Moines and I found a church that I loved and so I felt 
and I was only there for a year, so it wasn't very long, but I, I resonated with the, the minister. And I think that's true in a lot of cases, right? If they have a really good minister, people come, and if they don't, people don't come. Such, it makes <laughs> all the difference, all the difference. I want to go back for a second just because you mentioned this, this justice mindset. Yeah. Where do you think that comes from? Um, that's a really good question. I, I don't know. I think it's just part of, I think it's part of my soul's purpose. And so even as a child, my parents would say like, you were, you were so fixated on what was fair and what was just. And I mean, even from like, we don't all have the same amount of macaroni and cheese. right? And at that age, I didn't understand equity versus equality. Um, but I had a, I had a very prominent justice mindset, um, from a very young age. And I can only now as I've sort of evolved in my spiritual practice, I can only make sense of it to say that I think it's, um, I think it's part of my soul's purpose in this life. Wow. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's really beautiful. Mm -hmm. So that really, do you think that was furthered by anybody? Um, do you think, influenced by anybody or that was just you were born that way um, I mean both right yeah. I think I'm born that way and then it's nurtured by people around me yeah I am um, I, I think you know I had parents who really um, really supported me evolving into who I was going to be in in that way and so they didn't um they didn't try to stop me or silence me or hold me back from or anything like that. So I don't think they always understood it, but I think that they were supportive of me, you know, pursuing what I felt like was purposeful for me. So, um, you know, in a way I think, I think there's that piece of it. I think, um, I don't know. I mean, I think there have certainly been people throughout my life who have nurtured and encouraged or helped me hone or fine-tune how I do that work um, and different stages of my life. You know, I've had different <clears throat> mentors and teachers in my graduate school program for sure come to my mind. Um, yeah, and I've certainly had mentors now uh, throughout my career that have helped me to get better or more sophisticated or more strategic about how I do that work. Yeah, well, and even just made you more yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I feel much more comfortable in my skin now than I ever did in my 20s and 30s. You know, that's good to hear. Uh, that's, it just does that's it reassuring. It just does get better. Yeah, boy, yeah. I hope so. Uh, but uh, that's awesome. I'm curious if that justice mindset mm-hmm. um, influenced your career path. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I, um, I fell into student affairs work um, after college, and I found... You know, I found that the work very closely aligned with my values, right? I could do justice-oriented work. I believed strongly in the power of education. Mm -hmm. I um, feel strongly about um, the call to helping people. And I could do all of those things in this field while still also 
being constantly challenged intellectually, which was really important for me to feel like I was thriving. And so it just kind of checked all the boxes for me. Wow. And it was a very relational field, and that's a strength of mine. Yeah, and so I just felt true. real alignment with my values and my sense of purpose. And I still do. Yeah, that's really special. I'm curious, though. What, so that's what you found after college. What did you think you wanted to do college and before? What was your, your my dream? My career path? Career goal. I had goal. no idea. Oh, I love um, it. Yeah, me too. I entered into a sort of... Um, social work, uh, child development major, because I think I was good at that. I, it was easy for me. My, my mom certainly encouraged that direction. Um, and I had been working with <clears throat> youth for a long time in the, I was a summer camp counselor at a um, YMCA camp. And yes. so that was a central part of my leadership development and all of that. So I sort of fell into that, and it wasn't very challenging for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and had I had it to do over again, I'm not sure I would have done the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I got this job as a hall residence hall director after college and fell in love and went right to graduate school. And that was the place, I think, for the first time where I really had an exciting educational experience where I felt challenged and I felt supported and I was, uh, it was intellectually rigorous and it opened my mind to all kinds of things. Like it was just a very hard and exciting and fulfilling experience. And so I knew I had found my home, my career home. Oh, that's exciting. What kind of graduate degree was it? I got my master's degree at the University of Iowa in, um, well, now they call it higher ed leadership, but at the time, I think we called it, um, what was it called? Uh, College Student Development and Post-Secondary Education or something like that. It had kind of a long name, but it's student affairs, higher ed leadership work. That's, That's so cool. Yeah. So then what was your first job out of grad school? So I was working at Coe College as a residence hall director for the entire time I was going to graduate school. So I was doing both. And um, that must have been really hard. It was really hard. It was very challenging. But I also, it was a time in my life when I didn't have, you know, I didn't have a family. I I wasn't married. I had the capacity to do it. And it was the best way to learn. It felt like an immersive experience. Mm -hmm. And so after grad school, I worked one more year for Coe College, and then I met my husband, and I moved to Illinois because he was a tenured professor um, at a college in Western Illinois. And so I moved there, and I was lucky enough to get a job um, at Knox College, and there I did... um, I oversaw the McNair Trio program, which is a higher ed-funded... Uh, Department of Education funded um, grant that supports first-gen low-income students and students of color to get into graduate programs where they're underrepresented. So I had this nice, like, I straddled sort of academic affairs and student affairs together. And so that was another incredible learning experience for me. And I got to do that justice-oriented work, and I learned a ton, and I love those students to this day. I just love them so much. Um, And so... 
that's where I went. And then after that, I um, had an opportunity to go to Grinnell College as their dean of students. Wow. And then I was promoted into the vice president's role, and now I'm here. I love it. Wow, that's that's amazing. I, uh, I'm curious, just to go back for a second, you know, in, in terms of that amazing career path and always centering, helping people and inclusion and justice, um, you were mentioning those mentors you had in grad school and after. Who were those people and, and why were they so important in that yeah. journey? So, um, yeah, I had two, two professors in graduate school who were profoundly impactful. Um, one was Dr. Doug Liddell, who was my advisor. And, you know, it was kind of one of the, um, <clears throat> one of the first times that I felt there was, I had a champion, you know, and someone who really believed in me and then also was willing to challenge me. And I, I really needed that (laughs) like intellectually and all in all the ways. And so, um, that was an exciting time for me, um, to be around her and challenged by her. And then, um, Dr. Sherry Watt, um, is just, one of the most incredible human beings I've ever met. Wow. And she, um, she's done some really incredible research on, um, <clears throat> on uh, justice-oriented work and sort of um, white resistance. And uh, she taught a, cult, a class called multiculturalism. And she, um, that was, I think, probably the most impactful educational class I've ever had in my life. Wow. It was emotional. People, we just really were challenged and in all the right ways that we had to be challenged to be doing this work. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was humbling. And I learned how to be, uh, how to set myself now on a course for the sort of humility that's required to do justice-oriented work, right? And to, and to be... Uh, a person embodying a lot of privileged identities doing that work. Sure. So, um, yeah, she's she was impactful. And she also gave me opportunities to um, talk about the experience of that class and the work um, that we did and that I did uh, in conference settings and presentations. So um, she was helpful to me in that way. It's great exposure, um, yeah. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, that's so cool. That's right. That's gotta be a challenge with the privileged identities and doing. Yeah. That. Yeah. Has that has that been hard? Has that been a learning curve? Oh, it's always a learning curve. Yeah. I mean, I think that if you're gonna do this work, you have to humble yourself to the idea that you're always gonna be in a state of learning. Sure. Well, and that great. your privileged identities are still gonna blind you to things, and that you have to have the humility to say. I have to step back. This isn't my stage. I like, especially in the place of um, sort of positional power that I have now, a lot of times my job is to use my power to make space for others or to use my power as an ally, but not to take the center stage all the time. Right. And so I think, um, and, and also hearing that you've caused harm, that you've, you know, you, you did something that wasn't, um, I want to say right, but like, uh, wasn't fully informed or wasn't culturally fluent, yeah. right? And, and to not be defensive about that. And that class taught me to just sit with that 
yeah. and 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 own own that, be reflective on it, and um, listen, right? And and then to make changes and to do better, right? But with but really centering yourself in like, okay, it's a real gift when someone is willing to give you the feedback, so that you can become a better practitioner and um, scholar in the in the justice work. So. Um, yeah, there are times, you know, right, I've learned how to, how to take up space and when not to, and that's still, I'm still evolving, right? I think you're on a constant path of learning how to do that work better. Right. It's so hard. And yeah, and the, everything's always changing. Um, yeah, absolutely. Gosh. And then the other, the other question I was wondering, um, a few minutes ago, how did you meet your husband? So, um, I was just telling this story the other day to someone. Um, so I have been in a relationship for most of graduate school. Um, it it didn't end super well Mm. and I decided I was going to take a year off from dating and I was just, it was a gift to myself and it was one of the best gifts I ever gave myself. (laughs) I, I spent the year, you know, focusing on myself. I got therapy I took care of myself like it was a year of investing in my own well-being and so important it was such a good decision for me and so then when I was when I had completed the year I graduated I was like all right maybe it's time to start getting out there again and so I thought but I don't (laughs) want to be I don't want to jump into something so I thought I'm going to get on match.com and this is when it was really new yeah and so there was still some like people who were like not too sure about that right so but I got on match.com and I was like this will be good because then I can just dip my toes in I can just date and have fun and not get serious yeah and so pressure I right no pressure And so we met on Match.com, but he lived two hours away, and I was, oh, like, and I was wow. like, "That's kind of against my seriousness policy right now." And so <laughs> we just too much. Yeah, yeah, we just kind of chatted a little bit, and I dated. I went on lots of different dates, and it was, you know, it was fine. It was fun, and then I started um, dating somebody for a little while um, that I met through Match.com, and so I kind of hadn't talked to Ian in a while. And um, it was very odd. I've had this, like, you want to talk about spiritual journeys, right? Yeah. I've had this, like, deep sense of knowing my whole life. Oh, I love and that. I thought everybody had that. And I'm learning now that that's not the case. No, no. And so even when I was dating this other guy, I remember I remember having this sense of knowing that he wasn't the one, but the next one was. Oh. And I was like, that kind of scared me, right? Because I was like, not really in the seriousness thing. So you're like, let's stay, stay with each other for a while. Well, so, but no, but, I mean, and that relationship ended and we're still friends. That's um, nice. And then I started talking with Ian again and we talked for several weeks and we thought, all right, well, let's just meet halfway and we'll go on a date. Yeah. And so we did. And by the end of that date, I was like, that's it. I'm done. He is it. I know yeah. it. I, it was like I had my soul has known his soul forever and ever. Uh-huh. And neither one of us are spontaneous risk taking people, but we were together every weekend, you know, since till we moved in together and we were engaged in four months. Wow. Yeah, it was four crazy. months. I know. And none of our family members were like, whoa, don't you think you should say that? <laughs> We're like thirty years old. Yeah, so. it wasn't. It wasn't crazy. No. Um. Wow. That's that's such and an I amazing just felt story. As soon as I met him, I was like, I feel like my soul is at peace. 
Like I, I found, I found where I found my person. Yeah. And it was like immediate. You know, it's so funny. I was just watching a TED talk for class about, um, you know, what defines healthy, successful relationships. And there's like a love triangle and it's like trust, commitment, and calm. Yeah. Calm is essential. It's so easy to be together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So is that, that's really what did it. When you met him, you just felt like I've never felt this sense of ease around anyone else. Yes. I felt very, like my soul was very calm and that, and that I, it was, um, again, I had this deep sense of knowing yeah. Like this is the this is the person, and I and I like I said I felt like and I've had that with other things in my life, and I oh like what I thought everybody had that and they, <laughs> and they don't. Oh, I mean, how <laughs> deep into this? You oh, go? go for it. Yeah, I, I love mean, this. I um, after we got married, I I had a deep sense of knowing that we were going to have two daughters and a son, and in that order. That's so specific. It, wow. Well, yes. And yeah. Was, that's exactly what happened. And it wow. was um, kind of freaked me out a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, like just stuff like that. And I, um, you know, I think in the last year when I've sort of cultivated my spiritual practice, I've gotten to know myself a little bit better and understood, you know, where some of that sense of knowing um, connects to, you know, sort of the higher power and my spiritual guides and, um, and so I'm learning, I'm learning a lot about how to cultivate that and to understand it and yeah. what it means and how it guides me or, um, turns me away from things too. Wow. Yeah. That's such an amazing gift. I don't know that I've really ever heard something quite like that. Yeah. yeah. I think some people are, um, they don't want to hear about that because they think it's like a witch or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I think in my mind, and this is just what that would come up as in my spiritual practice, that would seem like a gift from God, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I think, you know, I've had this sort of revelatory year of, of spiritual awakening, yeah. you could say. And I, um, you know, I took some time off of work and I, I attended a, um, a training for uh, Reiki. And I, oh, I didn't know I anything about Reiki. Reiki. I didn't even know what it was. And it was uh, a really powerful experience of me feeling connected spiritually in a way that I don't think I had ever. And, um, and then I started just meditating, um, which I'd never been able to do. And I, and so I found hard. a way to meditate without, I can't do the meditation. That's like, you stop all of your thoughts. Mine are really active meditations. And I would spend some days I would spend hours in meditation Wow. and I would go and it was like, I was deeply, uh, engaged with, um, I mean, you could call it, I suppose, God, prayer, I don't know. It was similar to that, but I felt very connected to angels and spirit guides and the highest power, and yeah. it felt uh, like my sense of purpose was coming into focus again, and 
that I mm-hmm. yeah that I think I began to understand a little bit more about why some things in my life were the way they were to prepare me for other things in my life like that like everything was connected and wow. I, I think I um, you know I was really on a path of healing as well um, and so it's been it's been a pretty powerful experience for me right yeah, yeah. that's really profound um, uh, I'm wondering though you go from kind of feeling this disillusionment you know watching your kids um, see the lack of inclusion and kind of pulling away from that and then what inspired this year of spiritual growth um, trauma <laughs> trauma and abuse and um, and, and, and a deep need for healing and so I you know kind of cocooned myself for a little while in uh, in this sort of time of healing and I it was a real gift that I could take the time and I I expected that in that time I would um, look for you know some other jobs and I would um, I would finish writing my dissertation and I and I did those things to a certain extent I didn't finish my dissertation I'm almost done um, but I but I was shocked to find that I think this was like the universe conspiring to say like you needed to get to this point slow down to to get to this place where you could hear and be connected to the spiritual world and so I it was quite profound for me I I couldn't believe the things that I was experiencing and I would say to my husband like I can't explain what I'm feeling and seeing and and experiencing in my meditations and and I can't it doesn't make any sense to me as an academic. I was like, this doesn't, this isn't been peer re- peer reviewed. I don't understand what this is. Right. And if I, if someone else was telling me these things were happening, I think they were crazy. Um, but I said, but I think, you know, I think that's what faith can be sometimes is it's not explainable, no, but, not you, logical. but you, um, but you do feel a, a powerful energy and, and I was able to connect to that. And I never had in that way before. What were those things you were experiencing where you were like, man, I would think somebody else was crazy if they told me about this? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, let's see. Um, If you feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the practice of Reiki itself like feeling feel the energy and feel it in chakras and be able to feel it in other people and to move it is wild um so that alone i was like this is craziness like i can't believe this um you know yeah yeah. and so i think that alone was extremely powerful, but I I connected it also just to, right, like, what is my soul's highest and best purpose in this life? And so in my meditations, right, I was, like, 
um, it was, they were active meditations, like I said, so I would, I would travel, you know, and I would go and it wasn't like I was, I would just get to a place where I was like, take me where I need to go in my mind. Right. And so there were times that I had come out of it and I think I've been meditating for 10 or 20 minutes and I've been laying there for two and a half hours. Right. And I wow. had no idea. So it was, um, you know, like I would see, um, let me think how I describe I met my spirit guides. I took me a long, long time to uh, had a lot of learning to do along the way, and so it took me months of meditation <coughs> to get to a place where I felt like um, I began to understand a little bit more about my journey and my purpose and how I'm connected and and um, how to stay focused on that and how to, you know, be a well person, I think. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there were times when I felt, or when I experienced connecting to a loved one who had passed, right? And having a very healing experience with them, an emotional experience. And who knows, maybe these are manifestations of my mind and it could be complete... Um, completely not real but I said to my husband but I don't really care because it makes me feel better so yeah. I'm just going to keep doing it it doesn't harm anyone no and so if this is my mind's way of healing um and it's not completely um real or scientific like it's okay because it's actually helping me manage anxiety and it's helping me feel um grounded and centered in my life and it's helping me to crystallize my priorities and to re remember what my purpose is um, and to follow that right so it had a lot of benefits for me whether it's real or not real I experience it as real but the mind is a fascinating organ right we don't understand it all no of so. course yeah it's impossible mm -hmm. um I with Reiki though it's funny you're giving me a spiritual moment connecting to mm -hmm. someone who died right now um my grandma was so into Reiki really books upon books upon books yeah. about Reiki um and my mom never believed in it she would kind of make fun of her she'd be like yeah um you know don't don't put your hands above me like that like whatever. right and I don't know I kind of I fought in a little bit um where she would, if you complain about, you know, a bug bite or any kind of pain, she'd be like, <laughs> she'd right, motion right. it over. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think, um, you know, I'm I'm now certified Holy Fire Reiki Master, and I can oh, teach people, amazing. and I can do all that and whatever, but, like, can we cure cancer? No. <laughs> I mean, can I heal the cut on your arm? No. Yeah. Um, but, she, but she did. Oh, well. That's the crazy part. I, I once I, had... I, I can't. <laughs> I once had a rat... Uh, or, no, a bug bite on my foot, and she did Reiki on it, and it disappeared. Wow. It was crazy. Which, yeah, I, I think a lot of that... I, my mom and I have talked about this. A lot of that is that... You, you would start to believe in the power of love, you know? Through yeah, I mean, if you think about it, you know, I suppose some people would call it the Holy Spirit or, you know, whatever it is. I mean, you, you, you know throughout history, right? You hear about people who have a laying on of hands, right? They, yeah. they call themselves healers. And, you know, I don't know enough about that to 
speak with any authority about how that evolved through history, but I certainly think that um, I certainly think that people were probably it was probably kind of reiki like or um, you know similar energy moving things that people were experiencing. I don't know. And uh, yeah, what what were those spirit guides like? What was that process like? <laughs> um. Uh, how, what was the process like? Okay, so like I said, I had to spend a lot of time in meditation and going back and going back. And so for me, my meditations were manifesting slightly different than other folks that were, um, you know, in the classes with me. I experienced it as evolving up through spiritual realms. And so sort of at like the first level for me, I met... Um, I met my first spirit guide who just told me who he was and I worked at that level with him for a very long time to figure out some things like there I don't know how to describe this but there were like it was like a circle of and angels women wow uh, manifest as women or whatever um and they were all saying something to me and I could never understand what they were saying. And I was, I'd go back to this meditation many, many times and till I could work with Michael until I, that was his name, yeah. until I could hear what it was that they were saying to me. And I understood, I understood, um, for me, it was an experience of sort of the divine feminine, um, oh. and the, That maybe this is gonna sound so crazy. People are gonna think I'm nuts. No. <laughs> I probably shouldn't say all this stuff. I might lose my job. No, no. I think it's wonderful. I, I think mean, I uh, so I understood that like this group of spiritual beings was on my team. Like they were part of this justice journey, yeah. and that that. I was inhabiting this body and this life, but that they were part of its success and that they were sort of in my heart chakra, right? Um, and would, would be there to help me and guide me, right? And so then once I figured that out, then it was like I moved up into other levels or realms or whatever, and eventually I met... Um, Another of my spirit guides told me her name, and um, I have to go back and look through it because I wrote down all my notes about this. And then, um, and then another another one I met through someone else, a shaman who did a shamanic healing um, session with me, which was extremely wild and profound. <laughs> I've never, I mean, I'm telling you all these things are happening and I like my logical mind is like, no way. No. Like, what am I even experiencing? This is nuts. <laughs> um, but the shaman met her and that's how I got connected to her. Um, and each of these guides, though, helped get you to that higher purpose. 
Yeah, they serve different purposes. Oh, really? Um, and I think I'm still discovering that. Yeah, that's really cool. But now, when I, if I, you know, enter into meditation, I always go to this. I, I always start out in nature and you know, walking through the woods and feeling connected to the earth yeah. and. And then one of my spirit guides always meets me at what I call home base, but she meets me and, and I say, what is it that I need to see today? What is it I need to experience or hear or learn or whatever? And then she kind of sends me down a different, a pathway that I have to follow or whatever. Do you ever look at oracle cards? That's kind of yes. what that reminds me of. Yeah. I love oracle cards. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. They're great. Yeah. Um, that it sounds like kind of the the quicker version. Um, and do you ever go to the Buddhist meditation here? The what? The Buddhist meditation here? No. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. Oh, it's great. It's um, it's in the Interfaith Chapel. I think I'm leaning towards saying like Monday and Wednesday nights. Um, but don't quote me on That'd that. That'd be awesome. Yeah. And, I mean, I I would wonderful. lead meditation sometime or. Oh, cool! Um, yeah. That'd be fun. That'd be I awesome. just. Um, yeah, and like I say, even as I'm saying these words out loud, I'm like, you, <laughs> you can't believe it because that sounds no. like a crazy person. If anything, I think it, it's even more. It's just an explanation and a verification of why you are the way you are and who yeah who you are. It informs right. your justice mission. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know, for my parents, they didn't understand at first you know this craziness coming out of my mouth and I was like because I just said to them like it's just like praying yeah it's praying and you pray and you feel the spirit moving you or whatever I said it's the same thing it would be really narcissistic I think to think that there's nothing beyond us yeah you know? yeah I I really believe that and you know certainly what that is is a big mystery um but i don't know i like the idea that there's always more to explore yeah i do too and i mean i could be convinced that when you die you just die like that sounds yeah to me i really go back and forth i know so Uh, (laughs) it makes sense to me um but i've just decided right that this practice of meditation and spiritual practice um helps to center and ground me it helps me to manage anxiety and sort of push out um the noise of negativity or you know i don't know yeah letting things influence me that shouldn't um so that i can stay you know centered on what i should be doing and how i should show up for people and what my focus is and it's been very healing for me, and it's now a way that I stay centered. Yeah, that's really powerful. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I meant to say, I'm so sorry for, you know, all the trauma that you've gone through. And yeah. I find it really powerful and inspirational that through that pain, you found the spiritual growth. Yeah, and yeah. in some ways, I sort of wonder if I had to go through it to get to this place. Yeah. Not that I think that, you know, bad things happen, you know, they're not, they're divined or something, but like, I just, I guess that's how I reckon with the experiences that I had, which is to say, you know, now I can sort of 
find my place to gratitude for what came of it mm-hmm. instead of dwelling on the hardship that it put me through or that I experienced or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah, that's really powerful. Um, and then has, has your has that practice that you've been doing for the past year, has that changed at all being at Lafayette? What was that transition like? Yeah, so you you wondered about um, like me feeling like I was called here. Yeah, and I really yeah. was sort of like um, I and I and I and I loved you know where I was working in many ways, and I loved the people I was working with. But I just knew that it was time for me to do something different. It's that knowing that's it, it was it was yeah. the sense of knowing and um, and so I was I had been on. I wasn't searching widely, but I was very selective, but I, I went on several interviews throughout the course of that year, and it was like every time I was on a campus interviewing, I was like, Mm-mm, nope, this one's not it. It's like It was like Goldilocks, right? I was like, this isn't it. I can <laughs> yeah. feel it in my bones. This one is not it. Yeah. And, you know, I turned down some offers. I didn't get offers I was hoping to get, you know, so it was a little bit of that, and then when I came here, I was like, oh, yeah, this is it. Like, yeah. I just, it like, that deep sense of knowing. Right. I was like, this is the president I want to work for. Yeah. This, these, these are the students I want to work with. <laughs> this is the team I want to be on. And I felt like I could do, I could do my work here. I could make a difference. I could yeah. contribute. I could, and it just, so it just was like, and the location for whatever reason has aligned for me in a million different ways and I still feel like that. So I just I did have this deep sense of knowing I was really lucky enough to get the offer and I and it was just a no-brainer for me like this. I couldn't imagine not coming. Wow. It was um Yeah, it was really wonderful. Yeah, no, it's so powerful. I'm curious though, what have your first few months here been like and is that has that been informed by your spirituality at all? I mean, the first few months have just been um, so incredible. I mean, I was living apart from my family at first, so that was really hard. But tough, so yeah. my husband and kids are here as of January. Oh, uh, my husband's actually working here. Oh, in wow! The music department, and so That's so funny. Uh, yeah, and so um, it was again this like beautiful period of time when. When I was here, just with my dog, I could be, I could be everywhere. I could be completely immersed in the culture. Yeah. And I would, I just got to meet so many students, and get to know so many people, and the college, and see the talent on my team, and I just over and over and over again, I was, um, it was reinforced to me like this was the right place. And I felt like euphoric in many ways because I just, it's like student body is so wonderful that I just feel like I can't believe I get to work here. Like the (laughs) students are so amazing and so lovely. And I work with this incredible team in my division and on the president's cabinet. Like I just, I do feel like, I just feel very lucky to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, well, we're lucky to have you. Well, thank you for saying that. I <laughs> yeah, just, of course. Um, yeah, I feel very 
happy here. Yeah, that's so great. That's so wonderful to hear. Um, wow, what an incredible journey that led you here. Mm-hmm. And I, I just know, you know, it's going to keep yeah. on that spiritual learning path. Um, that's so powerful. It is. I, uh, as we're wrapping up, is there anything else um, you'd like to share? Um, let's see. No, I mean, this has been such a lovely conversation. Oh, and I, I really appreciate you creating this space to have this conversation. Um, I'm like a little worried. People are going to think I'm completely nuts over here. No, I'm, uh, no. Like, Listen, um, people have said wilder things, I promise. Oh, <laughs> like, um, peruse through my Spotify list. Yeah, okay. Um, but no, this has just been, this has been a lovely conversation. And, and I don't, I mean, honestly... I don't talk about that um, much with anybody other than my spouse and the other sort of, we call them light workers, spiritual workers, light workers that I um, practice with or talk to or whatever. Oh, is there a community? Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't think I knew that. Like, how did you meet them? Well, I mean, I connected with the people that I was in class with and my Reiki teacher, right? And and then I sort of branched out you know from their connections and so there's like a you know we call ourselves the light workers right because we're like we're always um like we really focus on light and love and having that be a central tenet and um trying to bring light and love to the places where we live and work yeah it's beautiful um, I don't remember what I was saying. Well, it's funny. That sounds a lot like Quakerism to me. Really? Yeah. That actually, I went to a Quaker high school. Okay. Um, and everything was very much like, friend, let me offer you some light. You know, friends, let's yeah. centering silence. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's interesting. I mean, yeah. I think there's so many um, interesting connections between all kinds of faith practices. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, lends itself to sort of my my justice orientation or my sort of universalism point of view right like we're all part of the same earth and spiritual realm or you know depending on where you grow up your your just your practice of it is different yeah that's so powerful Mm -hmm. wow well thank you so much for for being with me and for sharing so openly um yeah it's just been a pleasure and uh appreciate it thank you for listening thank you